Welcome to Secure Podcast. I hope you can all feel my soul radiating through these frequencies. See you all on the other side. Welcome back, everybody. First of all, I want to apologize ahead of time because I am sick. I've been sick for a couple of days now and well my voice is definitely on the raspy and um, sick side so i apologize for that also this next interview was recorded during a spa treatment and this was actually the only way that i was able to get this particular guest to open up <laughs> I love her so much and she's just so busy and doing so many things for everyone else, for her family, for her peers, and now she's doing a whole lot for herself, which I am extremely excited for. And it is Linda from Infuse Skincare. And if you don't know who that is, you can find her on Instagram under Infuse I N F use and she developed infused skincare line it's where i get one of my favorite products that she made herself out of all organic ingredients and she has also a hydrating and rejuvenating mask she has some brand new vitamin c eye masks i believe they're called and she also has some crystal rollers some sonic brushes that she sells as well she has a little bit of everything her facial treatments are incredible she has single-handedly brought my skin back to life and i have some of the most difficult skin that i've ever seen it's oily combination oily but mainly oily and i have really big pores so i do suffer from acne and i try my best to take care of it but it's really difficult when you don't know how to but linda has given me the tools the resources and the education and when i do go and see her and get my facials it's a beautiful experience she has the hands of a healer i don't think that she knows it yet we've talked about it enough but nevertheless I do believe that she has the hands of a healer and she really does give you the touch of love and everything that she does she does in love so I can't recommend it enough that you go and try her out go get a facial she does waxing she does lash lifts she was the first and only person that I've ever let do anything like that to my lashes I've gotten extensions before but this lash lift was actually a personal favorite. She's also opening up her own location. It's going to be called the LA Skin Bar and it's coming soon. Grand opening is scheduled for February 8th in the city of Boyle Heights. If you want more information on that, you can visit her on Instagram at the LA Skin Bar and she's going to be posting all the information there as well. So now that I've gotten that out of the way and well, actually, I feel like that was some of the most important information I didn't want to forget. I want to go ahead and talk about her as a person, as a friend and as a community supporter, because that's exactly what she is. Aside from being a wife, a mother and a sister an aunt and all of the other amazing things and qualities that she does hold. But as a person and an individual 
Linda has been an incredible, incredible person. She is full of kindness, full of support. She really does things selflessly and from the heart. And she's one of those people that if you allow her into your life, she will bring you nothing but happiness, love, support, and warmth. She's very, very wise and an amazing friend on such a short time. But I already know that she's going to be one that's in my life for a very, very long time. So this is Linda. She's going to be sharing her story with us and how her life has shaped her into the person who she is now and how that has progressively evolved into her life as an entrepreneur, as the professional that she is now and that she embodies and how she has developed this dream of owning and opening her own spa. I hope that you all enjoy this episode and truly get to know who Linda is. in East LA. Um, went to First Street School, went to Hollenbeck for a year. Um, parents got divorced at, when I was 13, so then I moved to this side of town, well, to um, City Terrace side. Then I went to Belvedere Middle School, and then I went to Garfield. I only went to Garfield for a year, though, because um, I ended up pregnant at 15. And that's, I guess, where my story starts. Thinking that I was all grown and I was wanting to leave my house because I guess my house was not the, the best. Even though my mom tried to do her best, she worked nine to nine. Um, she did her best to just raise us, you know, con lo que podía. And... Um, my dad was an alcoholic, so he couldn't keep a job down. So he was our babysitter. He was, you know, those type of dads that stay home mm-hmm. and do everything at home. And when he was not drinking, he was he was awesome, you know. He cooked and cleaned and no nos faltaba nada. He helped us with our homework. But it was like, it would be good for a month. And then it just took one beer to kind of just make everything go bad because mm-hmm. so you know issues because my mom, my mom would get home tired and it was like oh here we go again he's drinking and it's like no tienes para trabajar but como siempre sacas para tomar and it was because my uncle would come over and my uncle was single so he didn't have to be nowhere else so that was his his buddy, you know, his best friend, his brother. And every time they got together, it was drinking and playing cards. So listening to oldies. And then I, I, I pretty much, you know, because I was the older sister, I had to take care of my brother and my sister. So Lexi was like my own daughter, pretty much. Because I had to bathe her and change her and feed her and put her to sleep and do everything for her. My brother was older, so it wasn't like I needed to watch him so much. But, I mean, we were still there. 
How old were they all? My Lexi was two. This is starting from the year that my mom left. So I was. Lexi was two. Rudy was. I'm gonna say seven or eight, and I was thirteen. Okay. So at thirteen, my life changed dramatically. We moved to this new place. Um, we had to deal with babysitting issues because my mom, you know, had to work. And now she had to work even more because now she didn't have nobody to watch us. So she had her cousins, either they would stay with us or, you know, the neighbors or as I, when I became 14, it was more like, quédate con tu hermano, just mm -hmm. you, you know. Lexi always um, was at my neighbor's house because she was smaller. She was four, three, four, four years old. And since she was out of school earlier, the neighbor would pick her up from school and keep her till my mom got home, eight, nine o'clock at night. Or sometimes I would pick her up. Or sometimes the lady would um, call me over or I would, do, I would use whatever excuse to come over because her household was totally different to ours. She had that whole cultural you know, family where we all sit together and have dinner. Wow. Mom is making dinner. Dad is going to work. Everybody's home doing, you know, what they have to do. It's four o'clock, so everybody eats together. I mean, it was just like, wow, this is this what the Brady Bunch in real life is, you know? Because mm -hmm. I didn't have that. We didn't have that. My dad wasn't that type of person. It was always more like, just my brother and I at the dinner table and don't say a word. Come cállate. Mm -hmm. So that's how we were raised. And um, I remember I used to I used to go with her a lot because I liked that. I, I really felt like that was something I wanted in my life and I and I enjoyed it so much. And um, they they loved Lexi to the to this day. You know they care for Lexi a lot. The lady and the man became became Lexi's padrinos, and um, they became my suegros. Mm. That's how I met my my kids' wow. dad. Yeah, we used to go outside and play all together, and you know one thing leads to another, and um, we hooked up and. Yeah, that happened. So I and I was 15. I was 15. 15 and a half. And um, it was it was then when I remember it was just weird how it's, it happened because we we didn't know what we were doing, obviously. And I was having really bad pains on my side, un dolor fuerte, and I didn't know what it was. So every time I told my mom about it, she would hesitate because she had to go to work. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't have time for this type of thing. Or, tú no más te quieres quedar, no quieres ir a la escuela. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm really in pain. But it was more like, ¿por qué no, se te, ¿por qué no te da dolor cuando quieres ir a salir? Mm -hmm. Type of thing. So, <laughs> Typical Latina mother, though. Exactly. Ay, sí, para ir a los bailes no te duele nada. Para ir allá con las amigas no te duele nada. And it was like, well, yeah, it doesn't hurt then. It hurts now. <laughs> So, finally, she had a day off, I think. She's like, okay, vamos a ir. And I remember that day because she's like, vamos a ir. And um, 
saliendo de ahí te voy a llevar a comer una hamburguesa. And that to us was a big deal because my mom couldn't afford to do that, you know. I remember going to, if we went to McDonald's or Jack in the Box, it was, you want a cheeseburger or you want fries? Like, mm -hmm. it's not about getting a combo here. It's, you're sharing a combo with your brother. So that's how it was for us. So I was like, oh, okay. Because in front of the, in front of the clinic, estaba un Jim's Burgers. Is a Jim's Burgers. So we went to the doctor. And I remember the, the doctor was like, do you mind if your mom steps out for a minute? And I was like, okay. So she steps out and then she tells, the doctor tells me like, are you sexually active? And I'm like, no. <laughs> and she's looking at me again like, I'm going to ask you one more time. Are you sexually active? I'm like, well, what does that even mean? That I'm doing it all the time? I've done it once. I, I told, that's what I told her. And um, she was like, you're pregnant. You are four weeks pregnant. Wow. And my heart dropped. My heart dropped. I was like, what? She goes, and you also have an ovarian cyst. Mm -hmm. Your pain is coming from the ovarian cyst pushing your baby. Wow. And I'm like, well, can it push it out of the way? Because I can't be pregnant. My mom's going to kill me. I remember, you know, telling her that. And she's like, no, that's not the way it works. Um, I'm going to bring your mom in. And we're going we're gonna to tell her. Or do you want to tell her yourself? And I'm thinking, my poor mom, you know, all this shit she's been through with my dad, with work, with us, because I rebelled. I, I mean, I, now that I see, I rebelled a lot against her when, when she left my dad, because when she left my dad, my dad became homeless. He had nowhere to go, so he literally was on the streets. Greyhound bus stations, parks. Um, bus stops, wherever he can lay his head, I guess. I mean, that's what he would tell me, unless he did something different. But no, I, I believe him, you know, when he would say that because al otro día llegaba and his eyes were red because he hasn't slept, no había comido. And, and he would tell me, like, well, you don't care about me because you have a warm bed, you eat every day, you know, you have no troubles in the world, you don't, you don't care. And, I mean... That was unfair, though. Yeah, I was 13, 14 years old, you know? So, he would literally go to the house where we used to live every single day and sit outside in the sidewalk. And I had to be out there for whatever, three, four hours every single day. And, you know, at that age, I just want to be home inside watching TV or whatever. If I had to make dinner for, for my brother... I had to go and do that really fast and come outside and send my brother. My brother like, I don't want to go outside. I want to watch TV. And it was like always a constant battle. Like, okay, I, I'll do it. Okay, I'll do it. Okay, I'll do it. So I had to deal with the, all the talking shit, you know, shit talking of tu mamá esto, tu mamá no le importa, tu mamá le vale madre, lo que me está pasando. She doesn't care. Look at you guys are by yourselves because I'm not here. You know, I hope something happens to you guys so I can take her to court and take you guys away. And I'm thinking, well, where are we going to go? Yeah. You know, but I wouldn't say nothing because that was my dad. I mean, God forbid you talk back, you know. 
And um, I remember like telling him like, well, she's working. What do you want me to do? I mean, you're here. So it's like you're, you know, you're watching us. But he, he wasn't allowed inside the house. My mom would be like, no quiero que entre tu papá for whatever reason. So sometimes he'd be like, I need to go to the bathroom. I need to go to the bathroom. And it was like, like, what do I do? You know, me ponía en ese plan de que, shit, what do I do? So I remember one time I let him in. And because he smoked so much, La Casa Olía Cigarro. Mm. And um, I, I llegó mi mom. Well, he would leave like at 8, 8.30. And my mom venía llegando like at 9.15. Por más tardar. So, um, entró and she's like, ¿Tu papá estaba aquí? And I'm like, no. I mean, yeah, he was outside. He goes, huele a cigarro, linda. And I'm like, well, it's probably me. Like, yo estaba allá afuera all this time with him. So, obviously, you know, it was all a constant battle. Like, well, what's wrong with it if he comes? Like, that's my dad. And what is he going to do? And he has nowhere to go. And I, I want him to sleep. I mean, I was always making excuses for him. Yeah. Trying to figure out how to help him, you know. So, when my mom would get home and she would feed us, I would save my food so I can give it to my dad the next day. Or when she wasn't watching, I would make him burritos so he can take them where he was going and at least he can eat that. Mm-hmm. So it was always a constant battle. I would sleep on the floor because I remember him saying, like, you know, you, well, you have your bed. You don't care. You don't care how, I'm, how I feel or what I'm sleeping on. So that made me feel guilty, like, he's right, you know. If he doesn't feel comfortable, I'm like, I can't feel comfortable. Like, I have to be on the floor, too. I mean, now I look back at it, and it's like, damn, you know, it's como te manipulan, you know? Oh, yeah. So, um, when I, when I ended up pregnant, I, going back to that, I, I had to tell my mom, and that was, I felt like that was the, my key to out of having to deal with my mom and and my dad. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I am going to be part of this family now that has been so good to me and is amazing and, you know, I have no problems now and everything's going to be perfect and, and I see, you know, so. Pues la mente de quince. Yeah, you know, so, me, entró mi mamá a la, a la, a room and she's like, I'm crying my eyes out, and she's like, ¿Qué tienes, hija? Dime, ¿qué tienes? Lo que sea, dime. And then um, I, I looked at her, and then I looked down, and I started crying, like, even more. And she's like, ¿Qué es? And she's like, ¿Es cancer? And I'm like, I wish it was. You know, at that point, I was like, I wish that's what I had. And then the nurse, the doctor came in, and she's like, did you tell her? And I'm like, no. She goes, por favor, dígame, yo soy su madre, ella está, es menor de edad, me tienes que decir. And she's like, no, sí, sí le vamos a decir. She goes, voy, pero voy a empezar primero con decirle que tiene un, un quiste. No sabemos si es un tumor, si es bueno, si es malo en el ovario izquierdo. La sé, pero no creo que ahorita eso es más importante de lo que le tiene que decir. And she turns and she looks at me and she's like, what are you talking about? And I go, I'm pregnant. And she's like, what? And she just started to cry, like, like cry. 
it was it was hard to see her cry, you know. Because now that I look I look back, it was like all she needed from me was my full support to raise my brother and my sister to to help her move forward because she was alone now. Because no de me ya no lo dejaba solo because yo siempre le decía don't don't leave him. Where's he gonna go? That's our dad. But when I was smaller, I remember telling her. Y siempre me dice, hija, tú me decías, vámonos, mami. Que ya no te grite, vámonos. And she, she was, también, entre las, like, no me voy por mis hijos, no me voy por mis hijos, but she, he disrespected my grandma, which was his, her mom. And I think that did it for her, like, oh, no, we're done here. Yeah. On top of everything else, you know? But it's like, yet they knew apoyo from somebody else that she at least she felt she wasn't alone and that she knew people were gonna help her. So when I told her that, she was like, What do you mean you're pregnant? Like, Glinda, like, what happened? And, ¿Quién es el papá? And I told her. And she just looked at me with such great disappointment, like, How could you do this to me? type look, you know? And um, so she just. You know, pasó. We never went to go eat. Like, I was like, are we still going to go get that burger? <laughs> but I, I didn't even say anything at that point, you know. And um, I remember her telling, getting to the house, y mi dad ya estaba fuera sentado. Because, again, llegaba ya la house y de ya no se movía. Let me take this off for you. Put your head down all the way. Y me empezó a decir, háblale a tu papá. Que venga para acá. Porque ahorita le vas a decir. And I was like, oh, shit. Well, I called, I called my, my boyfriend then from the office of the, the doctor's office to tell him. And he was like, you're lying. And I'm like, nope. And he's like, okay, I'll talk to you later. Like, like he, he gave me that security of, I got you. Mm -hmm. No te preocupes. I don't know what we're going to do, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to get done. And he was 19 at the time. Oh, wow. Yeah, 19 and I was 15. And um, so, llega mi dad and he has, she has them come inside the house. And that turned into a whole, like, a conversation that turned into an argument. And he was like, well, see? Si estuviera yo aquí, esto no hubiera pasado. That's what he was waiting for. Yeah. He's like, pero tú, por, por tus huevos, por esto, por el otro. You know, esto es lo que pasa. This is all your fault. And she, I think that's why she always felt like it was her fault because she left us alone all the time. And um, I remember he telling me, he goes, Inca te pídele perdón a tu madre. So I me arrodillé in front of my mommy and I told her I was sorry. And she just said, ¿Cómo pudiste hacerme esto? And I couldn't answer her because I didn't know why, you know? It just happened. And um, so fast forward that night, we, um, she had... 
we went across the street to talk to him and his parents. And um, they, they were like, you know, nos hacemos responsable de todo. Like, he's my son and whatever needs to be done, you know, we're, pues ya pasó, you know, that's what, there's nothing else to do. You know, abortion was never a, never a, an option. Very Catholic, very religious people. So in a way, I felt like, is this God giving me the family that, that I wanted? And I think guilt is part of that. I, I was never content with what God gave me because the problems in my house, you know? So that happened in November. And in December, December, 9, December 18th was my, um, my surgery date to get rid of the, the, the cyst. Now, at that point, I was already two months and a half or something like that. And my mom had to sign a paper saying that if it was between me and the baby, or no, to say in case the baby died, like they knew they would try their best to save it, mm-hmm. but it couldn't happen. And she was like, that's fine. Like, that's fine. You're gonna save my daughter. And I was like, no, I don't, I, don't, I don't want that. I want you to save us both. And he said, we're going to try. But just know that anything can happen because we can't give you full anesthesia. We have to give you an epidural. So you're going to be awake. So I was like, okay, whatever. So surgery happens. Everything's fine. Me sacan el quiste the size of a, it was the size of a baseball, he said. Wow. Yeah. And I'm like, how does that even happen, you know? And um, so, yeah, me lo sacaron. Baby was fine. Everything was good. So that day that I left, you know, the hospital, I didn't go home anymore. I went to my to my neighbor, to the dad, the dad's house. And um, I lived there for six years. Fast forward nine months, my son, you know, is born and... Everything's like, like a dream. Like, oh my God, like, you know, this is, this is mine. Like, I did something good. Like, this is my baby. And at that time, like, I kind of feel, because I used to party a lot too, 13, 14. I was drinking at 14 years old, like, a lot. Because I was, I I guess I was depressed, but I didn't know. Because back then. You know, mm-hmm. you don't, yeah. you didn't know none of that. that yeah. yeah, you don't know none of, none of that. You just know you have issues with your mom and that's it. So I was drinking a lot. I was, me dejaba salir to party because I would do what I had to do at home. And she was like, okay, pues, okay, pues. So I f- also feel that having a baby me calmó mucho because God knows what would have happened, you know? Yeah. And donde hubiera acabado because... These parties, house parties, were getting intense every, by the week. Like, ya oías más de cartel, más de cocaína, más de, you know, all kinds of stuff. Like, yeah. oh, if you're with the leader of this quebradita guy, you know, club, and luego las... It was just getting too, like, okay, you know, chill. So, um... You know, I think that that also had to do with it, where God was like, "Deja le pongo un, estate en paz." Mm-hmm. 
because even I was like, oh shit, what am I doing here? Or why am I here with this person? Or if I get seen with this person, this people are going to think I'm, you know, affiliated. Like just things like that. So, um, I, I have my baby, everything's perfect, everything's fine. Um, I didn't go to school for a whole year, practically. So I was like, am I dropping out? Am I staying here? Am I leaving? And what am I doing? And um, I always felt like my mom no, ya no me quería, ya no quería saber nada de mí. But she was just hurt, you know? Mm -hmm. Y yo sabía que cuando me miraba, she would, she would be in pain. So I would stay away. So a veces duraba hasta meses sin verla. Even though she lived across the street, you know? And um, I would um, I would just I would just stay home and you know watch my baby or talk to her on the, like oh, she will call me she's like, hija se te olvidó que tienes madre I'm like no mom es que estás trabajando y no estoy con el niño pues cuando vienes hago like if I live so far yeah. you know hago pues es que cuando llegas ya es tarde hago but mañana voy or just like that type of thing. So I learned a lot with my, my suegra back then. I mean, I think I owe it to her for the woman I am now in my house. You know, because me enseñó a limpiar, me enseñó a cocinar, me enseñó a, a cuidar de mi casa. She, she taught me a lot. I don't think she knows that, but I know she, she taught me a lot. Because with my mom, it was just the basics, you know. And when my mom was home, I didn't have to worry about doing any, anything. And with my suegra, I was like, no, you know, vamos a hacer lonche, vamos a hacer comida, vamos a hacer, you know, las camas, everything. So I owe it a lot to her. I think a lot of my style as a mom, as a wife, has a lot to do with, with her style. Even my cooking has a lot to do with her style, which I love because I learned how to cook because of her, you know. And because of my dad, my dad used to love to cook, and I remember being the metiche in the kitchen <laughs> when I was a little kid. You know, I was always dancing and singing, and in the kitchen helping him, you know, mix the barbecue sauce because you know tocaba. It was the beginning of the month, and we got food stamps, so we were like, okay, we're gonna have ribs this week because <laughs> you know we got money for it. So it was like a big deal, like oh, we got our stamps, okay. That means we're gonna go to the market and he would get all excited too because he was a coup he was a coupon guy. I promise this will be a short break. I just wanted to ask you, are you following SAOHO yet? SAOHO is my brand new line and you can find me on Instagram under ESSE.OJO. SAOHO stands for to be intuitive and protected. And what I'm doing is creating an eclectic style line where we can see some bold pieces, classic pieces, where everyday pieces and special occasion pieces. Don't wait, go and follow SAOHO on Instagram and purchase your first pair of beautiful earrings. Barbecues. Oh, cooking with my dad. So Thanksgiving is very special to me because that was his favorite holiday because he would he would throw a feast. And I'm talking a feast because that's he loved to cook. He loved to cook and he knew he was so good at it. So he looked forward to the ham, to the mashed, but everything was from scratch. So 
I, 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 I still have that in me to every year do everything from scratch. And I like bringing my sister, my brother, and just kind of having that moment for ourselves, you know, because it was part of my dad. And we would cook. I was cooking, I would cook at my suegra's house because it, it, was a, it wasn't a big deal for them, but it was for me. So I took over the kitchen and siempre le teníamos un plato mi daddy se lo llevábamos to wherever he was at. Well, he, he, for a minute, he lived with us where I used to live with my ex, my suegro. Bless his heart. Um, he let my dad stay in una trailita that he had in the back of the house wow. for free. No bills, no rent, nothing. And I know it was because he hated to see me cry because every time... I came across my dad, I would end up crying. It was either frustration, depression. Just there was always something to cry about when my dad was around. And um, I would always tell my, my, la señora, I used to call my suegros señora and señor, like that was their, their, their nickname. And I'd be like, señora, tiene 10 dólares que me preste para darle a mi papá que no comido and para que ya se vaya because you know I had things to do I was already staying at his house and it was embarrassing to have you know him out there and I couldn't just not be outside anymore I had a child I had to clean my room I had to mop or whatever I had to do and um, she would be like no tengo pero pues ahorita le hago unos, unos burritos de De huevo con chile. ahorita que la hacemos. No te preocupes. Like she was, uh-huh. she was so good. Yeah. And um, I remember coming outside and telling him, I'm like, sabes que no, she doesn't have money. And he would get mad. Like, what do you mean she doesn't have money? And I'm like, she doesn't have money. Like, but look, she made me some burritos. Well, she made you some burritos para que tengas, you know, it's, it's a good dozen. Wow. And I remember he threw them at me. He's like, I don't want your fucking food. I want the fucking money. And he walked away. And pues ahí estoy yo como mensa, you know, cleaning up the mess and crying. And she comes outside and she's like, ¿Qué pasó? And I'm like, nada, señora, se enojó. ¿Qué quería el dinero? Sorry, tu papá. And she wouldn't tell me nothing, you know, but I can see it in their faces. Yeah. Like, what the hell's wrong with him, you know? So he would leave and not come back for maybe a day or two. Yo descansaba. Like, to me, that was like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm glad he he's not here. I'm glad he didn't come because it was always an argument. It was a fight, something. And I remember one time, he was already living in the back, and I would tell him, like, Papa, no, no pagas nada, but at least you can go outside y, y ponte a barrer or mm-hmm. just do something so they see that. And I think that's why I did so much, or at least I tried to do so much for them because they were doing so much for me. Like, that meant the world to me. That my dad, hadn't, he didn't have to worry about where he was sleeping. I remember one time my suegro told me, he's like, yo sé que tu papá se mete en mi camioneta y se duerme ahí. Porque cuando yo me voy a trabajar, I can smell him. Mm. And I'd be like, oh my God, like how embarrassing, you know? And 
Y no me hizo pasar muchas vergüenzas, but that was my dad. Like, no. nunca, nunca lo odié, nunca lo, I never thought less of him. Because that was my dad. I didn't know another dad other than him. And, um, you know, las, las cosas de la vida que you're supposed to learn from your dad or, or how to have that, that respect or learn how a father is supposed to love you. I didn't get it from him. I, I, I think I got that more from my suegro. Seeing it through him and his daughters and the way he treated me always. He never, he never singled me out. He, I learned how to work hard and, and, and hustle because of him. Me iba a vender huevo con ellos, me iba a vender sandías. Wow. El señor juntaba cartón, so me iba con él a juntar cartón. Like, I used to love being around him because it was like, I need that satisfaction of saying, of hearing, good job, Linda, you did good. Yeah. You know, so everything I did was to hear that. Yeah. Because I didn't get that from my mom and my dad. And with my dad, it was always like, you're not good enough. So it, it, it does stick to you. Yeah. you. You do end up believing it. So everything that, that El Señor wanted to do, I was like, yo le ayudo, Señor. Yo, yo voy con usted. Yo, you know, whatever he needed. I would make his lunch. I would make sure his clothes was ready. Same thing for my my mother-in-law like I would make cut up her fruit I do as much as I could to be a people I became a people pleaser because that was the way I got rewarded with she's great she's a mm -hmm. good person she's she's amazing whatever it was yeah. like proving yourself I had to prove myself mm -hmm. I had to prove myself because my mom didn't think I was a great person after what I had done you know my dad menos because if he didn't get his way I was worthless you know and um I remember one time he was in the house and I know for a fact that he stole my sister-in-law's um wedding rings mm. he came in and she was washing dishes and she would take off her jewelry and put it on the window and he came in and no sé por qué me metí al cuarto yo and When I came back, he was there, and I'm like, what happened? He's like, nothing. And I'm like, well, what happened? Well, like, well, why are you here? Like, you never come in. Like, it's always for something. I go, no, no, me entré. I'm like, oh, okay. ¿Quieres un café? Like, what do you want? He goes, no, ya me voy. Y así, and I was like, okay. And then when she came out, I remember she was, Linda, did you see my rings? And I was like, As soon as she said that, I'm like, where were they? She goes, right here in the kitchen. I remember taking them off here. And I remember, and I, first thing that came to my mind was that my dad was here. Oh. So I'm like, no. And she started to cry because those were her wedding rings, you know. And her husband was like, was ya animal, you know, what are you going to do? So I remember going to the to the little trailer in the back, and I'm like, "Did you take it?" He's like, "No, he no, he no, he no, he no lo sacaba de ahí." And I'm like, "Please, papa, like, don't do this to me. Yeah. I live there. I didn't take anything. You're full of shit and this and that. And please, yo te los pago. Tell me how much you want for them. Like, please and please, y no. And he wouldn't budge. Mm. 
So hasta la fecha, like, yo sé que, que esos anillos se deben, you know? Yeah. And someday, someday I'll pay them back. But it's, it was las vergüenzas que me hacía pasar. It was like, oh, my God, my dad. I remember one time he told um, my ex, we were in the kitchen, and we were arguing, and my ex walks in because he used to hate seeing me like that. Y me decía, stop going over there. Stop talking to him. Like, leave him alone. And it was like, a lot of people would tell me that. But I was like, no, that's my dad. Like, I have to, do, if I don't deal with it, who is? Yeah. So I remember him telling my, my ex once, he goes, te doy permiso que le metas una chinga because she's a fucking bitch. She needs to get her ass whipped. And my ex just turned like, what did you say? He goes, yeah, que le metas una chinga esta cabrona. That's what she fucking needs to keep her mouth shut. And I'm like looking at my dad like, you're telling another man that it's okay to hit me? Like, wow. And, you know, that's, I think one of the times that he stood up for me was like, I would never hit your daughter, but if that's what you want for your daughter, then you're wrong. I think it's time for you to leave. Mm. So he left and I was just, you know, miserable. I think... A lot of the, a lot of my teens, I was just miserable because he was always around. Era como una, una nube negra that I wanted to be in because he was my dad. Yeah. Like, yo me podía retirar, but I needed to be there. It was my duty to be there because I was his daughter. Yeah. And if, and nobody wanted, ya no le hablaba nadie, and his whole family was against him because of the way he was. I was like, I can't do that to him. Like, that's my dad. Oh, well. So he finally moves out. He gets himself, he gets a room. Um, at this point, I'm already, I go to a continuation school. And I, I went to school. I finished, I, got, I graduated. I was vice president of, of my high school. I did a lot of politics stuff with, with the school. I mean, I was doing really good there. Again, that people pleaser thing, you know, yeah. wanting to always show off or do extra so they can be like, wow, Linda, wow, this, wow, that. And um, I, I had, then I became pregnant again from, from my daughter two years later. And um, so at that point, yeah, it was like I was a family. I was married, like, ya no importaba, but still it was like, shit. I'm pregnant again. And it was, it was, I wasn't happy I, I, because of how I was, my living condition, my dad being there, always having to deal with him and all the issues. And like when, I would say, when is this going to be over for me? Like, when am I going to feel happiness? People always say kids are your happiness, but when am I going to feel that? So, um, me los llevaba a la escuela because that school had a daycare center. So me llevaba mi hija conmigo and my little boy siempre lo dejaba con mi suegra para no llevarme a los dos. Because it was a lot, you know? Mm -hmm. And they helped a lot. They, they really did help a lot. Y como estaba bien chiqueado mi son, pues era hard to, to leave him anywhere because he was the firstborn for, for them. So it was important for him to stay home, you know? So, fast forward, my daughter turns two years old, 
two and a half and things just kind of go downhill for me and my ex and I was working two jobs he wasn't doing so well um, I wanted out I, I just really wanted to get out of there like let's go rent a, a garage let's go do something and it just wouldn't happen so I los problemas hacían más grandes y más grandes y más grandes so I finally leave I take off it was it was supposed to be more like a bluff you know like si no te vas conmigo me voy yo pero de que me voy me voy and I remember him telling me pues te vas como llegaste yo no te traje tú te viniste so I was like okay so I think we both wanted it we just didn't do it and him because of his culture was like I'm I'm you know I'm I'm the father I need to do this I need to take care of my kids so it was like oh shit he doesn't care you know so at this point I met this is I already had met my husband now and he was he was a friend but he became a, a, a friend como de consejo like and Medicia, like, you need to sit down with him and you really need to talk to him. Like, you no sé por qué las mujeres les tienen miedo a los hombres de hablar. Háblale tus sentimientos, háblale lo que tú piensas, dile cómo te sientes. And I'm like, oh, it's because you don't know my, my, my husband. Like, it doesn't work like that. He goes, pues, tiene que entender. Like, he's about to lose his family if he doesn't change. And, he's like, and I would be like, yeah, he doesn't care. That's not how it works. I don't know what, what world you come from, but here it's not that. And then I remember him saying, Pues, pues asustalo, dile que te vas a ir. Te vas a ir, no te va a dejar ir. And I was like, so that kind of gave me the courage of, I'm going to do it. But when I did it, it failed. So I had to go through with it. Like there was no way I was going to, where was I going to go back to if I wasn't wanted there? So me fui, I took the kids with me, and I moved in with my mom for like a week. And I hated it because I didn't want to go back there. She was with my stepdad at the time, and I couldn't stand him. I couldn't stand him, and I didn't want to be there, and I didn't want the kids to be there. But my mom, of course, wasn't going to tell me no. So me quedaba en la sala and, and I would have the kids in, in one couch each. And then my segura would be like, Linda, a los niños aquí tienen sus camas. ¿Para qué los tienes sufriendo? And, you know, ustedes están mal and work things. And I remember talking to the señor first, to my in-law. Mm -hmm. And he's like, and, he, and I told him, I go, from everybody, I'm going to miss you. Porque nomás usted me, me ha enseñado que de veras me quiere. And he would tell me, and he told me, he goes, entonces no te vayas. Like, los, los matrimonios no son siempre los mejores, pero no te vayas. Pensa en tus hijos. But I was, I was tired. I was, I had just turned 21, and I was just like, this is not life. Like, why can't I just be happy? So I think all my life I have struggled with being happy. I think the last time I was happy, I was maybe like eight years old. And I remember dancing in my living room. 
and my dad had um had that song on by Santana. It's called Nena. And I was just dancing away, like free. Like it was I was just so happy. And that's the happy that I, I want back, you know? Mm-hmm. Of course I'm happy when things happen and you know, I see my kids, like I I'm happy. But that happiness within me, I always think of that one time when I was dancing in my living room to that song. And it was like, it's like a seven minute song. And I'm like, again, again. And I was happy. So I leave. And then, you know, here's my husband now. He's like, okay, ¿qué vas a hacer? Like, Ahora agarrar los cuernos, ¿cómo dijo? Ahora agarrar el toro por los cuernos. Like, that's it. Mm-hmm. It's time to grow up. It's time to be a real woman and get your shit together. Like, literally. But in Spanish. <laughs> Ponte las pilas. Yeah, pretty much. So I remember telling him. We used to work together. And um, and I told him, I was, ¿sabes qué? Yo, tú me gustas. And I think I'm falling in love with you. Like, me, me gustas mucho y quisiera tener una relación contigo. And he tells me, ¿sabes qué? Um, tú estás confundida. Arregla tus cosas con tu esposo. And he closed the door and he left. I was like, oh, like, wow. He just said no to me, mm-hmm. you know? And um, I was like, how stupid of me. Why would I even say that? Why would I say that to him? Like, it was just, I was so embarrassed at that point. Like, why would I think that that was the best thing to do? And um, pasaron two, three days. I don't remember. Que no lo vi. And then the third day, he comes and he's like, Vamos a hablar. And I said, yeah. And I'm like, you know what? I'm sorry for what I said. Like, you're right. He goes, mira. Yo como, and he told me, yo como hombre, yo no pierdo nada. Tú eres la que está saliendo de una relación. Tú tienes, tienes tus hijos. Tú tienes que estar segura de lo que quieres. A ti te hace falta mucho amor. He goes, y si tú quieres... Tener una relación conmigo, órale pues. Hace, pero yo no soy una aventura, yo lo voy a tomar en serio. Mm. Hace, y tengo dos manos, and he picks up his hands, like, tengo dos manos que van a hacer todo lo posible por tenerte feliz. Hace, porque lo que tú necesitas mm. es felicidad. Hace, voy a trabajar muy duro para darte lo que te mereces y no te va a faltar nada. La sé, pero necesito que tú me prometas que tú vas a hacer lo mismo por mí. Que vas a luchar y vas a ser mejor. La sé, y esta relación va a quedar en ti si se echa a perder o no. Porque tú ya sabes que es tener una relación. Yo estoy entrando a esto. So, si se echa a perder, si algo pasa, la culpa es tuya. Porque tú ya debes de saber lo bueno y lo malo. And I'm like, wow. okay. So, quedo así, and he helped me look for a, a place. 
rentamos un cuartito en um, behind a behind a, a store maybe like the size of my spa it was really small <laughs> and I remember I went there and I'm like I have nothing nothing to put in here he goes no te preocupes yo tengo crédito en la curazao te voy a comprar una cama para ti para tus hijos and it's like, what do you do? Like, I'm like, oh my God. Like, and I, I had never had a brand new bed for me. Never. That was my first bed meant for me. So he would, he would be there. And then in the morning, pues me iba a trabajar. And I had to drop off the kids at my in-laws and then go to work. It was just a mess to the point that it, that I was like in the middle of him and my, my ex. Because, of course, I still care for my ex, and I really wanted it to work out because I didn't want to be my mom and my dad. Yeah. And, but he, but my ex wasn't ready to leave his dad and his mom. Like, I'm not leaving. And I'm like, look, this place is here. Like, I'm here. And he'd be like, no. No, I know, I know. So, you know, things happen, and I ended up, Poco poquito, my kids started staying more and more with my ex and his and his family. And las desveladas, de que no puedo dormir, because I was always thinking, what the hell am I going to do? My credit, I think my credit was like at 425. And I couldn't do anything. I couldn't get a car. I couldn't do, I didn't even know how to drive. He taught me how to drive with those big old community vans. Yeah, my husband. He's like. Porque el Señor me llevaba everywhere. Lo que yo necesitaba, Él me llevaba. Like, He was always with me. He would take me to school. He would take me to work. He would pick me up from school. He would pick me up from work. Like, He was always available to be there for me. And I think that's why I always, I, I love Him so much because He always took care of me in that point. Y yo lo cuidaba Él también por lo mismo. So, I was working in a mortgage company with my cousin in... My cousin didn't like my, didn't like my husband at that point. He's like, you know, you're, you're, you just got out of a relationship. You have two kids. What's wrong with you? Now you're seeing this guy. And it's like, hold on. Like, you don't even know this guy. He goes, I don't need to know about him. Like, he's a freaking cause of you leaving your man. And I'm like, and in a way I'm like, he is because he gave me the courage to get out of that. Yeah. I wasn't happy. What's the point of being in a relationship, if you're not happy, my kids are not going to be happy. Y eso me acuerdo que me lo dijo the dean at the high school I used to work at. She was, if you want your kids to be happy, Linda, you have to, it starts with you. If you're not in a happy environment, if you're in a, your kids are going to grow up like that. So you got to think about yourself first. That's when I first heard that analogy about in the airplane, you put the mask first on you mm -hmm. and then you help others. And I was like, okay. It was, it was hard because what ended up happening was my kids didn't want to come back home with me. They ended up staying at, at his house full time. And then I got another job. So I had three jobs at that point. Because my 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 goal was I need to get a car I need to be able to move around I need I need to pay off my debt like I need to get things done like I need to grow up I was 21 
I go, and I need to get back to school. Like, I, I always loved school, so I enrolled myself in ELAC, and I was going to school, working three jobs, and my kids los miraban ratitos. Y los ratitos que los miraba, they would be like, they were like me when I was a kid. I want to go out, I want to go with my dad. I want to go with my dad. Yo me quiero con mi papi. Yo me quiero con... And I would do that to my mom too. So I felt like, is this my payback for all the shit I did to my mom? Again, that guilt, you know? Mm-hmm. This is what I get. This is God's punishment to me because I left the relationship because I didn't work it out. Because I ran away from the problem instead of, you know, fixing it. So I remember one time I dropped the kids. I dropped off my son at school. Y afuera estaba una señora tejiendo. Me no vendía. Yeah, vendía cosas que tejía. And she was, estaba tejiendo. And um, she goes, mija, siéntate aquí. And I'm like looking like, she's talking to me? La decito. And I was like, okay. She goes, ¿por qué siempre que te veo te ves tan triste? And I'm like, oh, no, no estoy triste. She goes, sí. Estás bien triste tú. Tienes muchos problemas tú. Dice, no dejes que la vida te, te, te llene de puros problemas. Dice, todos los problemas tienen solución menos la muerte. Dice, si algo no está, no está en tu favor, arréglalo. And then I just started to cry. Like, it just came out. And I was like, I go, estoy pasando por un punto fuerte y no sé qué hacer. Y lo único que quiero es que mis hijos estén felices conmigo, pero no tengo ni a dónde llevarlos porque mi casa no está, no es grande. No es, no es a lo que ellos están acostumbrados. A veces tengo que comer, a veces no. And literally, I was surviving off of wick. Quesadillas, huevo, and kicks. Like, I remember those times, you know? And by that time, my husband was already staying with me. He had gone through some issues with his own family, and because he was helping me so much, they felt like I was taking advantage of him, and he was like, you know what, I'm done. I need to leave. He goes, I have a van. I'll stay in the van. I'm a man. doesn't matter. And I was like, no, just come in here. Like, you bought this bed anyways, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, lo que se me quedó de esa señora que me dijo, mira, mija, mientras no tengas a tus hijos, haz todo lo posible por crear una vida de valor y de éxito para cuando crezcan, ellos vean que todo lo que haces y todo lo que hiciste Es para darle una vida mejor a ellos. Thank you so much for tuning in, everybody. This was an absolute pleasure and such a heartwarming and heartfelt interview. And it is only part one. Part two will be coming to you soon. And it will be all about Linda's happily ever after what the second part of her life encompassed and how that has developed who she is today, how she gained the strength from this first part of her life and used it and the lessons that she learned to really, really level up and to work on her self-worth, to work on her career 
and to really figure out what happiness meant to her. And that is going to be coming to you on episode two of getting to know Linda and the journey of the lessons in life. She's a beautiful person and I can't wait for you all to get to know her. I can't wait for you all to check out her business, her spa, visit her Instagram page and get some services done with her. Get your first facial done with her or second or continuation of a skincare journey. I recommend her, highly, highly recommend her as a professional, as a friend, and as a community supporter. Thank you, Linda. I love you. And with this, I hope I was able to leave a little more secure in your space and leave a lot less silence in your hearts. Until next time, babes.